if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get your Monday rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It's the second morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord 2020. Yes, it is still the year of our Lord. As bad as 2020 has treated so many, God still got this. And that is something that I want you to remember today. I want you to remember it tonight, and I want you to remember it all of tomorrow, the day we decide whether or not we will embrace our fundamental American values and defend the three C's, capitalism, constitution, country, or whether or not we devolve into a socialist nightmare. It literally is that stark of a choice. One day away from deciding, even though we will likely not have a decision declared tomorrow night by the end of the uh, uh, end of the uh, voting uh, time and counting, because we know what is going to happen. We know full well that there are going to be numerous states that are going to continue to count mail-in ballots for 24, 48, 72, 96 hours. We may not have a presidential winner declared by the end of this week, to be 100% honest with you. Unless, of course, it's a landslide, unable to be overcome by uh, nefarious chicanery going on in the mail-in voting uh, side of things. So uh, it is such an extraordinarily important time right now, and I really appreciate Look, you've got a ton of choices to listen to election coverage on radio, on television, on podcasts. So the fact that you're tuned in here, believe me, I do not take that for granted. I appreciate that, and I really, really intend to deliver for you. But part of that, of course, is you. You've got to deliver as well. I'm looking forward to your thoughts this morning. We do have two guests. Uh, in and around those, we will have your phone calls at 216-901-0945. 888-281-1110. So coming up, in about uh, 40 minutes, we are going to be talking with Congressman Jim Jordan, as we do each and every Monday. This will be, of course, the pre-election conversation. We're going to talk about everything regarding uh, the election tomorrow, and not just the presidential election, but, of course, so many Senate races around the country, extraordinarily important. Uh, Republicans have to maintain their majority, if not expand it, in the United States Senate, and they have to make some inroads with the House of Representatives. Clearly, a Biden victory is going to put those two things, those two prospects, in great jeopardy. If Biden wins and they have the turnout that they uh, are hoping for, they will 
take the Senate from Republican control and expand the majority in the House, which will lead us to, as I mentioned, that very fast uh, path, that quick path to socialism. So Jim Jordan will join us to talk about all of that, including, by the way, the ongoing censorship of the Joe Biden story. Let me say that clearly. Censorship, not just refusal to cover, but to censor anyone who does cover the Biden crime syndicate. And that's exactly what we have learned through some extraordinarily important reporting. And moreover, not the type of reporting that was done on the 2016 phony steel dossier, which led the uh, uh, FISA court to issuing uh, 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 surveillance warrants against uh, uh, Trump to spy on the team of uh, the campaign team of President Trump, then candidate Trump. No, 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 no. Not that kind of uh, report. We're talking about corroborated, heavily corroborated documents that, that corroborate other documents, text messages that corroborate other text messages, documents that corroborate text messages, and a firsthand eyewitness whistleblower to all of it, the business partner of Hunter Biden in Sinohawk. Uh, We're going to ask Jim Jordan to talk about that coming up as well. He is, of course, so anti-corruption, and he, like the rest of us, infuriated that Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop that he took to a repair shop in Delaware and left sit there for 90 days, probably because he was high and whacked out of his mind on crack for 90 consecutive days and never went back to pick it up, which made it property of the computer repair store, who promptly turned it over after looking into it to federal authorities. So uh, that's a big deal. It's a treasure trove of inside information about his influence peddling with his father, shady deals, enrichment uh, from foreign country or foreign companies rather uh, that were interested in getting access to the Obama White House by way of Vice President Joe Biden. So Jim Jordan and I will talk about that at uh, 948. Then at 1035, an old friend of the program who's still working very hard for Ohioans, but in a, in a different capacity than when he was a congressional representative of, of District 16, Jim Renacci will be joining us. He now runs Ohio's Future Foundation, and I think he's got his eyes on Columbus, Ohio as well. So we're going to talk to Jim Jordan about the race coming up, or excuse me, Jim Renacci about the race coming up at 1035 this morning. I want to start with this very important news story about tomorrow's election and about the leadership of this country. The Toledo Blade is a very, very, very far-left newspaper. The Toledo Blade's editorial board is notoriously anti-Trump, anti they were anti-Bush. I was on the air um, in Toledo, doing Toledo radio, back during the first term of the Bush administration and part of the second term, in fact. Uh, I know how they operate. I talked to politicians in northwest Ohio, uh, and I talked to reporters from the Toledo Blade. Um, I can tell you it is just about now, maybe not the same size, because it's Toledo, Ohio, not Chicago, Illinois, not Los Angeles, San Francisco, even Cleveland, Ohio. It's not the same size as the main newspapers of record in those cities, that are extraordinarily far left, 
but it was just as dominant in the region as those newspapers are in their regions. In other words, the New York Times, larger circulation, uh, Washington Post, and uh, the cities I mentioned, Chicago Tribune or Los Angeles Times, San Francisco Chronicle, those newspapers of record, if you will, in their communities, in their cities, big cities, dominate. The uh, news cycle dominate the opinion and, uh, and editorial cycle and affect the pol- political viewpoint of those regions in massive, massive ways, right? Um, in Toledo, Ohio, the blade has every bit as much of an impact on the viewpoints, the political viewpoints of its readership and of the citizenry of Northwest Ohio as those bigger newspapers in those bigger cities do. Because it's the only newspaper in town. And again, they have been extraordinarily liberal and anti-everything Republican, everything conservative, since I can even remember. Now, out in to, our, to the east of us, in western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette has been every bit as liberal, every bit as... Uh, anti-conservative values as the Toledo Blade has been to our west. So we're sitting here in northeast Ohio. To our west, we find Toledo and the Blade. To our east, we find the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh. And they have been just the same way. The reason for that is those newspapers are owned by the same corporation. The editorial boards for the Toledo Blade and for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette are the same. Now, why am I telling you all of this? Because that editorial board of those two far-left newspapers in two different cities, two different cities about what? Eh, What would we say, about 200 miles apart? Toledo is about 90 miles uh, uh, or 100, maybe 110, I don't know, close uh, uh, to the west of us. And Pittsburgh is about the same. We're kind of equidistant between the two. But in this massive region, from one city to the other, those two newspapers run by the same editorial board have not endorsed a Republican candidate for president in 50 years. Now, that's a lot of Republicans in 50 years. That's going back to the winners like Reagan and Bush 41 and Bush 43 and Trump in 2016. That's going back to even the losers as well, to the Romneys and the McCains and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. And, you know, Bush lost, of course, in uh, his, his reelection run in 92, uh, Bush 41, that is. Um, Bob Dole. So, in other words, all of the campaigns, all of the elections in the last 50 years, the Toledo Blade and the Pittsburgh Gazette, Two very, very important towns in massive, important states. We all know that Ohio dictates who becomes president. Republicans don't win the White House without winning Ohio, period. Pennsylvania, almost as much of a bellwether state, almost as much of um, you know, a deciding state, if you will. It's certainly a battleground. Pennsylvania, almost as much. So suddenly... After this editorial board, which runs these two newspapers in these two cities that we sit in the middle of, kind of equidistant between, these two newspapers and this editorial board, for the first time in 50 years, have decided to endorse a Republican candidate for president. That's right. 
the far left Toledo Blade having a massive impact and influence on Toledo and Ohio and Northwest Ohio voters. And the far-left Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which has a massive influence on a lot of Western Pennsylvania voters. They have joined together, which again, they are one entity, and they have endorsed President Donald J. Trump for re-election here in 2020. I cannot possibly overstate the importance of this. We literally have now far-left newspapers saying Trump's an ass, and I, pardon my language, but literally this is what their, their editorial essentially says. Trump as a person is, is, is very dislikable, unlikable. Trump as a person, Trump as a tweeter, Trump as this, that, the other thing, may not like him and what he does at all. However, the policies that he has set forth have worked. The record has worked. The record shows that it has all worked, and it is impossible for us to ignore the results that we are looking for in this country. I want you, and I'm going to share after the news or after the timeout here coming up. I want you to think about the impact of that at a time in which the Democrats don't even have a candidate running that they believe in. Their entire focus is anti-Trump, never Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, orange man bad. There's not going to be a single vote cast for Joe Biden in this election. Not one. Because even liberal Democrats know that Joe Biden is a horrible, horrible candidate. Nobody is voting for Joe Biden saying, man, I can't wait to get Joe Biden into office because of all of the great things that he's going to do. There is not one liberal Democrat who feels that way. There will be millions and millions of votes cast for him, but they're not for him. Those are anti-Trump votes. Nobody in the Democrat Party is excited about the Democrat candidate. They simply hate and oppose Trump. And in the midst of the never Trump, hate Trump, anybody but Trump uh, atmosphere that we are existing in right now, even liberal newspapers are saying, yeah, this guy, the guy that we hate, the orange man bad, is still way better than the trash the Democrats have offered up. It's a remarkable thing. 50 years it's been since they they, uh, endorsed a Republican candidate. But they are endorsing Donald J. Trump. 216-901-0945, of the phone numbers to get in. I want to hear from you right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926, the Bob Brands Authority, on this Monday, the day before we decide the future of this country, I've been talking about the Toledo Blade slash Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joint endorsement of President Donald J. Trump. Uh, now, again, these are the same editorial board. This is the same editorial board that writes for both newspapers, but they are obviously two different cities a few hundred miles away. Um, and they're extraordinarily influential on the voters in their regions. 
and they have not endorsed a Republican candidate for president since 1972. So technically that's 48 years, but I've been saying um, you know 50 years just to make it easier. But they're endorsing Donald Trump. Why? They don't like him. They don't like him at all. They don't like his personality. In fact, the editorial starts out, quote, he's unpresidential, he's crude and unkind, he's just not a good man. These things and much worse are commonly said of President Donald Trump. His personality totally eclipses his record. So we seemingly have him on the dunk tank ready for the very cold bath. Let's play dump the lout. But is that what it, is this really what it's about? Isn't the real question whether he has been taking the country and the economy of this region in the right direction these last four years? Can we separate the man from the record? We share the embarrassment of millions of Americans who are disturbed by the president's unpresidential manners and character, his rudeness and put-downs and bragging and bending of the truth. None of this can be justified, they write. The president's behavior often has diminished his presidency and the presidency. Most Americans want a president who makes them proud. We, too, prefer the first-class temperament and demeanor of a Winston Churchill, a Dwight Eisenhower, a Franklin Roosevelt, a Ronald Reagan, or a Barack Obama, whom this newspaper enthusiastically supported in 2008 and 2012. None of them are on the ballot this year. So let's look at the Trump record. Now I'm going to pause here and editorialize for a moment. That statement at the top is what the left, and quite frankly, even some Trump supporters, believe. That he's crude, rude, unkind, unpresidential, etc. But as I and many others have said, if he were running for miscongeniality, no, he's not going to win. If he's running for, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, a, a campaign for, you know, the most eloquent, uh, kind-hearted person or whatever, he may not win, but this is not a, a beauty contest. It's not a personality contest. You know what kind of a contest the presidency of the United States is? It's a results contest. Can you get it done for the people? Are you getting it done for the people? So even if he loses the beauty contest in terms of personality, et cetera, et cetera, let's talk about the results. And that's what the editorial board of the far left editorial board of the Blade and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette have said, quote, uh, under Donald Trump, the economy pre-COVID boomed like no time since the 1950s. Look at your 401k over the last three years. Unemployment for black Americans is lower than it has ever been under any president of either party. Under Mr. Trump, our trade relationships have vastly improved and our trade deals have been rewritten. Thanks to him, middle America is on the map again and the Appalachian and hourly worker has some hope. Has Mr. Trump done enough for these struggling fellow citizens? No, but he recognized them. Maybe he was not articulate, but he recognized their pain. No one ever asked the American people or the people in flyover country if they wanted to send their jobs abroad until Mr. Trump. He has moved the debate in both parties from free trade, totally unfettered, to managed or fair trade. He has put America first, just like he said he would. He also kept his promise to appoint originalists to the Supreme Court of the United States. His third appointment, Amy Coney Barrett, is the best of all. A jurist whose mind and character and scholarship are first class. We hope she stands against both judicial and executive excess. Finally, let's talk about one of the most important concerns in this region. Energy. Under Mr. Trump, the United States achieved energy independence for the first time in the lifetimes of most of us. Where would Western Pennsylvania be without the Shell Petrochemical Complex, the cracker plant? Donald Trump is not Churchill, to be sure. 
but he gets things done. He's not a unifier. He often acts like the president of his base, not the whole country. He has done nothing to lessen our divisions and has, in fact, often deepened them. I'm going to editorialize here. I disagree with that. He has done more to try to unite people, particularly along racial lines, than any president, including Barack Obama, who intentionally furthered and deepened those divisions. He has done so much reaching out to the black community as a white president to bring them together with the white community against extraordinarily insurmountable odds. So I disagree with the the editorial on this front. We'll get to the news in a second. The convictions and intellect of all Americans should be respected by all Americans, especially the president. Has Mr. Trump handled the pandemic perfectly? Talk about the alliteration aspect here. No, but no one masters a pandemic. And the president was and is right that we must not cower before the disease, and we have to keep America open and working. He has not listened well to people who could have helped him. He has not learned government or shown interest in doing so. But the Biden-Harris ticket offers us higher taxes and a nanny state that will bow to the bullies and the woke who would tear down history rather than learn from history in building up our country. This, uh, it offers an end to fracking and other cuckoo California dreams that will cost the economy and the people who most need work right now. Good-paying green jobs are not jobs for Pittsburgh or Cleveland or Toledo or Youngstown. It offers softness on China, which Mr. Trump understands is our enemy. Mr. Biden is too old for the job and too fragile. There's a very real chance he will not make it through the, for, through the term. Mr. Trump is also old but seemingly robust. And in Mike Pence, Mr. Trump has a vice president ready to take over if need be. He is a safe pair of hands. Senator Kamala Harris gives no evidence of being ready to be president. This newspaper has not supported a Republican for president since 1972. But we believe Mr. Trump, for all his faults, is the better choice this year. This from a far left editorial board of two newspapers in two very important Midwestern cities. I hope the readers are paying attention. We'll be right back. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. You know, the, uh, the left likes to point to the number of Republicans who are against the president here in 2020. And they point to the Lincoln Project, you know, which is a group of uh, never-Trump Republicans and so on and so forth. And look at all of the Republicans who hate Trump. You know, we've got this. They don't point to the extraordinary number of former never-Trumpers who are looking at it from four years ago, or actually looking at it now compared to four years ago, and saying, I am absolutely pro-Trump now. Former never-Trumpers who said, man, I couldn't stand that guy, but then who looked at four years of results and said, you kidding me? There's not even a question. Of course I'm going to support this guy. The Democrats, like I said, far-left liberal Democratic editorial boards like the Blade and the Gazette, for the first time in 50 years, endorsing a Republican president. There are people who hate the president's style. Millions of them who hate his style, hate his tweeting, hate his hair, hate his orange spray tan, or whatever it is. But look at the country and say, that's a great result. That's a great result. That's a great result. That's phenomenal. That's unprecedented. How did he do that? Blah, blah, blah. It's about results. He's not running for chief priest. He's not running for, like I said, in a beauty contest. He's running in a results-oriented business, and the results speak for themselves. 
Todd is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Todd, thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. You're up. Yo, Bob. Yes, sir. I'm not really I'm not really inclined to believe that either one of them are horrible candidates for the presidency, that being Donald Trump or Joe Biden. I know enough about both of them that I believe that they have reasonably good work ethics. They're knowledgeable about what they need to be knowledgeable about. And they can, whether they have or not, on various degrees of their um, employment and pursuit of capitalism in their lifetime, um, pick good people to be around them. They haven't always done it. However, here's the issue with me, Bob. He hasn't done a good job of influencing the direction of federal tax dollars for the overall well-being of this country. So... When they, you tell me in your broadcast that he's been endorsed by some people from the Toledo Blade, is that what it's called? Yeah, Toledo Blade and Pittsburgh Post Gazette, same editorial board. Yeah, I'm hip to the I'm hip to the Post Gazette. I wasn't hip to the Blade, but um, yeah. I don't know those people. I, you haven't even told me the names of the people on the board for me to look to look to see to what degree that they should be not. I would believe that they're knowledgeable people. They're just you just gave me a general group of a spe- two specific newspapers. They're not going to influence me. They may influence some other people, but the population of this country is leaning away from that type of behavior because information travels so well, so quickly, so accurately, that they can check stuff out on their own rather than relying on some board of people whose names we don't even know. Well, most people don't know the names of the editorial board of the Cleveland Plain Dealer either or the Cincinnati Inquirer or the Columbus Dispatch or anything right. else. But those papers, right. uh, being the quote-unquote papers of record in their communities, carry a lot of weight with a lot of voters. And in particular, Todd, and thanks for the call, um, in particular, elderly voters who are not all about the Internet, who aren't going to be looking up this place, that place, this view, that view, they get their news from their newspaper. Which is what makes it so dangerous, by the way, that newspapers have, you know, daily newspapers have uh, essentially abandoned real journalism and have just become part of the, um, you know, the leftist uh, cult, if you will. But the bottom line is these newspapers hold extraordinarily extraordinary sway with the mostly senior populations of those cities and regions. And when they put an editorial out there that says, vote for Barack Obama, Vote for, uh, you know, John Kerry, vote for Bill Clinton and so on and so forth, which, again, they've done since 1972. The people listen. A lot of them. They listen. And now that they are coming out in these very, very far left uh, newspapers and saying vote for Donald J. Trump, it's a shock to the system for a lot of people. And I think that the regions that they reach where they are the, quote unquote, trusted news source of people who aren't looking for news on the Internet, uh, I think it can have a massive impact. I mean, it's, it's, it's really so huge that these far-left newspapers are endorsing Trump. Paul is in Eastlake, next, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Paul, go ahead. Yeah, Paul, Bob. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, okay, go ahead. The, the president's doing four or five rallies every day, and uh, you know that's a lot of takeoffs and a lot of landing. And I'm just wondering, let's say if one of the plane went down, and, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, Trump you know, would be dead. Well, what would happen is that as far as election, would they still follow through with the election? Would Pence automatically become president? And if if, if uh, Trump won the election, or how would they do it? What would they do with that? Well, that's a very strange question to ask. In the unlikely event of a plane crash, what happens to the guy at the top of the ticket? It's a very strange question to think about. But procedurally, uh, it would. I, I believe that Mike Pence, who's the number two on the ticket, would ascend to the top of the ticket, and he would have to name a running mate, uh, is, is probably the way that would go. Um, they're not going to restart primaries and delay the election. They're going to take the number two on the ticket and push him up to number one, and then he will name 
name somebody to run with him, which whose name would obviously not appear on the ballot at this point because the uh, election is tomorrow, but uh, it would just be made public in that regard. Why do you, why do you have such a, uh, why do you have such a, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for to describe that? Uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm blanking here on the word, but that's very, very dark. <laughs> it's very demented. Well, no, well, no, here's what, the reason. what, what if well, Trump I'll dies between why. now and tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Well, um, the reason is I'm I'm, I'm uh, watching uh, one of his rallies last night, and they're talking about he's taken off the Marine One helicopter. They say the winds are forty miles an hour, forty five miles an hour gusting. Oh, I'm thinking, Gee okay. Why would he fly? You know, anything today. I was in Vietnam. I, I know how these things fly around in the wind. Okay, so I got you. I. I... I thought you, you know. just were a man of the macabre, you know, thinking about terrible yeah. things. <laughs> but the, no, okay, you know what? Weather conditions, you're right. That, I can understand why maybe that crossed through your head. Thank you, Paul, for the call. I appreciate it. But I believe that's the way it would work, yes. Uh, there are two names on the ticket. If one of them could not be there, they would. the other one would be at the top and they would replace him. Let me get one in real quick from Connie uh, before we go to uh, Congressman Jordan here in a minute. Uh, Connie, you're on the air in uh, Toledo. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to talk about the Toledo newspaper. Go ahead. Well, no, I do live in Toledo. I've lived in Toledo my whole life, and you're absolutely oh, right. They've sorry. been a extremely liberal newspaper as far back as my 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 grandmother used to even complain about it. I'm 53 years old. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, this they, is the this always... is the block the they, the editorial the owners of the of the blade and the Pittsburgh Post Gazette is the Block family and um, I, yeah. I I I was on the air I was on the air for about three years in Toledo uh, right after right around two thousand three two thousand four two thousand five and I remember you know going to war with those people for a, for a, you know a long time because I was a conservative on the air there and I know who they are and I yeah. know what they're about not only are they far left they're very disingenuous people I think they are yeah. not necessarily good stewards of the their community no. and what they've that's what makes this particular endorsement so amazing right because they have been just the opposite they, of yeah. fair to republicans yeah, i i i was shocked i mean i i was literally i i couldn't believe it i was i was shocked and and um yeah to be quite honest i they have a lot of hold over this this community um there's been other attempts at, at having newspapers besides the blade in our in our in our community and they just they they fix it so that they just can't compete against them. It's almost like monopoly. That's right. And it is a monopoly. And, and, and you know, listen, I, back back in two thousand four, I started writing for the Toledo Press, the Free Press, the Toledo Free Press. There mm-hmm. was a you know a newspaper that was trying to challenge. And thanks for the call, Connie. I got to get out for Congressman Jordan here. But yes, they did everything they could to suppress and crush the competition, and they did so unfairly as well. By the way, as the press uh, went under uh, several years ago, the Free Press rather went under several years ago. Uh, Connie, thanks for that call. Let me get out so we can come back in with Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine forty-eight. We continue. Good Monday to you. Thanks for joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Joined now, as promised, by Ohio's fourth congressional district representative, ready for his regular Monday visit, pre-election style. Congressman Jim Jordan. Good to have you, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I got to tell you, I feel really, really good right now. We've been musing this morning uh, about the, um, you know, the endorsement of uh, the Toledo Blade and the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, very, very far left. Uh, newspapers who have not endorsed a Republican yeah. candidate for president in 48 years, making yeah. the case for Donald Trump. 
talking about how we hate his personality, we hate the fact that he's unpresidential, the way he tweets, blah, blah, blah. But this isn't a congeniality contest or a beauty contest. This is a results-oriented contest. And the results say, according to these far-left newspapers, the results say Donald Trump deserves four more years. That's very heartening to me. No kidding. He's done what he said he would do. And then we've talked about this before, Bob. No president in our lifetimes has done more of what he said he would do, whether it was cutting taxes, reducing regulation, growing our economy out of the Iran deal, the whole list. I mean, no one has done more of that. And frankly, no one has brought up wages for middle class and working class families like President Trump did. And now they're coming back as we as we come out of this virus. So um, I think I think people see that. And, and frankly, now. The, the Democrats are the party of the super wealthy, and the Republicans are the party of middle class and working class families uh, who share those, those core values that I think make our country special. And, and people appreciate that. That's why you saw, what was it, 50,000 people in Butler, Pennsylvania at the rally over the weekend? Uh, I think the Pittsburgh Gazette understands what, what's happening in Western PA. They see that, and they see the results of this president, and that's why they did their endorsement. You know, uh, it's it's interesting. Um, the president's first of all, just the pre- we've talked about this before. He's he, I think he's a cyborg. The president is just not human. Nobody can keep this pace up. <laughs> I don't think anybody can keep this pace up at at thirty six, much less seventy four uh, that he is. But it's not just his energy and enthusiasm. It's being matched and exceeded by every single city and town in which he stops. Thousands and thousands yeah. of people waiting and gathering yeah. to greet him. <laughs> Joe Biden is showing up to half a dozen people, uh, and then he shouts into the microphone in order to make it sound bigger than it is. Uh, but but literally, I mean, if you just look at the enthusiasm that is on display, now we can't tell enthusiasm in everybody's yeah. hearts, but just what we can yeah. see publicly, my goodness, uh, the Trump support is is off the charts. Yeah, who are you going to believe? The same news media's polls, the same news media who lied to us for four years, now coming out with their polls. Are you going to believe that? Or are you going to believe what your eyes tell you, what your gut tells you, what you see at all these rallies? What I see, frankly, Bob, we're doing events across our district, around our state, um, that, that are huge events. I, I, was, I told the president this last week, I said, we're getting big crowds at Jim Jordan thing. So, so I, and, and that's, that's, that's nothing compared to what the president's getting. But, but frankly, the enthusiasm, the energy is there, and you can feel it. So who are you going to believe, the same news organizations and their polls who lied to us for four years or what your eyes and your gut are telling you? Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. And, you know, we were also talking before you came on, uh, you know, about the, the Democrats and the news media, which I repeat myself to borrow a line from Peter Kirshenau. Uh, the Democrats in the news media continue to point to Republicans who are anti-Trump and never Trump. They point to the Lincoln Project as, you know, proud Republicans who are uh, yeah. oppos- in opposition to President Trump. But when I see what I see from things like this, the far-left Democrat liberal newspaper editorial boards endorsing Donald Trump, but when I see never Trumpers who, who admittedly did not vote for him the first time around, they either voted for uh, a third-party candidate, wrote somebody in, or did not vote at all. They weren't going to vote for Hillary, but yeah. they could not bring them themselves to vote for Trump, all enthusiastically writing columns and blogs and so yep. forth saying, I am in now, there's not even a chance that I would not vote for President Trump now. That, to me, is, again, something that the media does not pick up on, or maybe they just ignore, like the Hunter Biden story. Well, no, no, how about the, the go, go, have your listeners, they should go read the Clay Travis, the outkick, the coverage, uh, the, the sports guy, and, and the op-ed he wrote. He voted for Obama twice, didn't vote for Clinton or President Trump in 16. He now lays out why he is voting for President Trump, all the things the president's done, the president standing up to the cancel culture, and a host of other things. So, And, and i got to tell you, Bob, I wouldn't be too surprised if this early vote is a bunch of Republican and a bunch of Trump voters. Um, because, I mean, think about it. 
the mainstream press has called your names for four years. Uh, Democrats have kept you locked down for the last six, seven months. Might you be a little fired up to go vote for President Trump? So, you know, although the conventional wisdom is, oh, all this early vote, Democrats voting for Biden. I think it's a bunch of Republican, a bunch of conservatives, and frankly, a bunch of Democrats who've had it, who are going out and voting for Trump because they're tired of being called names by the Democrats and the mainstream press, and they're tired of being locked down for the last six months by these Democrat governors. You know, that's a great point, Congressman Jordan. Um, I, I think it's probably a mixture of the two, to be honest with you. I think, I'm not saying it's 50-50, but I think it's probably a mixture. But what I do know is that when you look at the Gallup survey regarding the percentage of people who avoid public gatherings, including voting lines, due to fear of the coronavirus, this is what really inspires me. 31% of Republican men, 38% of Republican women say they don't want to be in crowds because they're scared of the coronavirus. Democrat men, 70% of them say that. Democrat <laughs> women, 73%. So I ask you, yeah. who's going to be in the lines tomorrow for in-person voting? Yeah, a bunch of, of Democrats yeah. who are afraid of crowds and who have been promoting yeah. mail-in voting, or a bunch of Republicans who say, I'm voting in person because I'm not taking a chance with the Postal Service? Yeah, no, it's, it's, you're right, it's both. There were all our early vote numbers are better than we expected as Republicans, better than we expected. And we know what you just described. We also know that tons of Republicans are coming tomorrow. Um, so I feel good about where we are at in our state. I talked to my good buddy, Matt Gates. He feels good about what's happening in Florida. I think this thing is breaking in the president's direction. Now, the main thing is everyone listening, everyone get out and vote. If you haven't voted yet, get out and vote tomorrow. Make sure you vote for President Trump so he can win and we can keep having a president. Do what he said he would do. Keep, get, keep this great economic growth that we're seeing now come back. Um, keep all those things moving in the right direction. There are enough reasons to vote for President Trump for re-election. Uh, and I like to do that, emphasize the positive more than the negative. But let's talk about sure. what happens if we are unsuccessful here. Uh, I saw this morning coverage of a Zoom call between Bernie Sanders and the squids, yep. uh, the four, the yep. four uh, female uh, freshman members of Congress who have basically said, we are the socialist wing of the Democrat Party. And, of course, their their leader is Bernie. And um, they, they, uh, Bernie, Bernie was reassuring them in every possible way that we will get progressives like you guys in on the uh, cabinet, and we will push Joe Biden to become the most progressive uh, president ever. We will immediately push for a Medicare for all. We will immediately push for the Green New Deal. Congressman, if they win this thing, I, I, sometimes, you know, the old adage goes, you got to believe people when they tell you who they are. This is what they're telling yeah. you, you know, what they are. And, and I believe them, yeah. and it terrifies me. And that's one of the reasons, again, we have to inspire people to go out there and do everything they can to stop them. No, no, uh, well said. I mean, look, I've said all along that the, the left thinks America's bad. You and I know America's good. Republicans know America's good. Conservatives know America's good. Not perfect, but the greatest country ever built on certain principles and institutions and values that make us the, the best. And so that the left doesn't believe that. And if they win, as you said... They are going to do things that directly harm your freedom, directly limit your freedom, your First Amendment free speech mm -hmm. rights. We've seen what the cancel culture does. Uh, we, we, we've seen what the mob in the streets does to people's property and to people's livelihoods. And we know what they'll do to your Second Amendment liberties. And then, of course, all the other things. The Green New Deal that's going to drive up energy costs. The tax increases that are going to take money from you and your family and give it to big government so they can redistribute it. All those bad things are going to happen if they prevail. But again... I don't think they're going to, because I think the American people get it. They're, they're, the American people are smart. They know what this president's done. They know where Joe Biden would take us, and they're going to reelect President Trump. What does it say to you, Congressman Jim Jordan, that 
business owners in big cities all across this country are boarding up their windows and boarding up their businesses now in advance of election night. Um, We haven't seen massive crowds of MAGA hat wearers smashing windows and looting when they see things they don't like going on. Um, Those are Joe Biden voters. They are literally, I, I can almost call it an intimidation tactic because, you know, people yep. look at this and say, you know, if Trump wins, American cities are going to burn. Uh, do you think that's, do you think that's just, you know, smart preemptive protection or do you think it's an attempt to, uh, stifle Trump voters and to encourage Biden voters well, just to go out there and vote so that the cities don't get set on fire if Trump wins reelection? No, what, what it is is that that the greatest country ever, um, you, you now have this kind of activity. People think it's going to happen, and you're right, they're boarding it up. And, 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 and you're, you're also uh, totally right that they're not boarding it up because they think that it's going to be uh, Trump supporters uh, and, and Republicans who, who are going to riot and loot and destroy property, uh, because we have experience on our side. We saw what happened all summer long. This is the left and the crazy left. Um, so, yeah, they, they not only try to intimidate you with the violence in the street. They try to intimidate you with the cancel culture mob, the digital thunderdome, as Barry Weiss called it. If you speak out against them, they attack you, your family, your employer online, and, and they harass you via the, the, the cancel culture phenomenon. So uh, this is today's left. It's sad. It's a sad commentary. That's why we have to beat them, though. Don't let them intimidate you. That's why we have to win, So that because it's the only way you stop them is to beat them, and you beat them at the ballot box, and that's what we have to do. Congressman, last thing before you go, I just want to get your thoughts on the disappearance of the of the Biden crime syndicate uh, story. I mean, we know it was buried from the moment that Twitter and Facebook blocked the New York Post from even posting their 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 journalism about this case. All we have seen in the last two weeks is more corroboration. We have corroborating texts that corroborate documents, that corroborate emails, that corroborate the eyewitness testimony of their business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. So, you know, but this is, again, something that has just been completely dismissed as being Russian misinformation um, it's 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 a crime it's a crime against journalism that we are facing this but what is your your last statement before the election about how this should impact the election if Joe Biden wins there's no chance anyone gets held accountable but not only on this story but on the other story that the Democrats have, have, have falsely uh, done uh, for the past four years the whole Trump Russia investigation. No one's good. You think the Durham, John Durham and Bill Barr can, can get anything done? If Joe Biden wins, they're going to be gone. And the, the, the Biden administration is not going to go prosecute people who did wrongdoing under the Obama-Biden administration. So that's what's at stake here as well, the rule of law, holding people accountable. Um, again, I, I think all these things factor into uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. I think the American people understand it, and they're going to, I think, and I think this thing could break big, Bob. I really do. Where we keep the Senate, we win a bunch of House seats back. I think it could break big in the president's direction. I think we all need to do two things. Number one, go out there and do our duty and cast those votes, as you just mentioned. And two, say a prayer. Say a prayer, uh, yep. say a prayer to yep. God and ask him to bless our nation with wisdom to do the right thing here for the people of this country. Yep. And I well, know let me say one last thing on, on, on that subject. I, just, I don't know if I shared this story, but I, I actually <clears> talked to the president a few weeks back. That Sunday, he was still at Walter Reed, and uh, he had called me that Sunday, right before he, right after he'd done the drive around, and he was all fired up because he was getting out. He was, he was out he was waving to the to the supporters that were out in front of Walter Reed Hospital. And I actually mentioned to the president on that phone call. I said, "You know what, Mr. President? Stop and think about it. There were probably more people praying for you than any other person in history. 
Think about that. All the American people, people around the world praying for the well-being of the President of the United States when he went through it. And, and you can't tell me that didn't make a difference. So when you say we should be praying for things, you are so right. And I appreciate you saying that because that makes a difference. And I, I think we saw that with the President's quick recovery. Um, and again, I think we'll uh, hopefully see, uh, see some, uh, some good things happen tomorrow. In the history of history, God does not let evil win for very long. Uh, God, God, God inspires his people to, we have free will, but God inspires his people to do the right thing in his name. And I'm so glad you just told me that story about the president because that is so very true. Very well done. Congressman Jordan, thanks for all you do. I appreciate it, sir. We'll talk again. You bet. Thanks, Bob. Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get news now. Right back to your phone calls next. AM 1420, The Answer. 